one of the things that we always try to do here at Heritage is, you know, it's, it's not Heritage and the guys from the foundry. It's just us. You know what I'm saying? You guys are, you guys are Heritage, you know. Um, I was talking to Bruce Bazin this morning, and, and he said, uh, he said, I don't, I don't get to this place as much as I should. And I said, Bruce, you are this place. You are this place. This, 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 this. Heritage is not a building. Come on now, Heritage is not a building. Um, we, we are the church, amen. And, um, and you guys are this place, amen. We love you. And um, if you didn't figure out what he's saying, these men, while in the recovery program, are contributing their own money for other men or doing different things that they can do to raise money to sponsor others into that program. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Praise God. A beautiful thing. Amen. All right, we've got some baptism. We, well, Melanie's going to get baptized here in just a moment. But if you have your Bibles, let me just run a few things by you right quick if I could. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Are you good? Can we look at the Word for a few minutes? You all right? All right, Ephesians chapter 3. And um, let's go, let's go at verse, let's start at verse 14. Paul said, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. Talking about the inward part of you being strengthened by God's Spirit. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. Check out verse 19. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's read the last two verses in chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, there's a power working in you. If you are a born-again believer, there is a power working in you. This is really, really important that you recognize this, all right? Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, Hey, what, what are you guys doing? You're behaving like mere men. If you're a born-again person, you're not a mere man. You, you are not like every other person on planet Earth. If you've been born again, something is tangibly, measurably, verifiably different on the inside of you compared to someone who has not yet been born again. And that power that works on the inside of you is speaking of, of the Holy Spirit, it's speaking of the measure of faith. It's speaking of uh, the Word of God that, that, that we receive into ourselves. Um, in Philippians, he says, the power that works in you is one that is both to will and to do what is Father's good pleasure. In other words, there's a power inside of you working to want what God wants for you and to do what God has for you to do. Amen. Amen. We need to recognize that. We need to understand that. To Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Forever and ever. Amen. Now, we said this morning that God created you with a desire and expectation of loving you, 
giving Himself to you, being one with you, filling you with His fullness by literally sharing all that He is and all that He has with you. And that expression, all that God is and all that God has, that is the definition for a Greek word called doxa. The transliteration of that Greek word is doxa. And the word doxa, translated correctly in our English Bible, is the word glory. So we see that Father God wants to fill you with all of His fullness. He wants to fill you with His glory. Now, that sometimes makes people a little bit nervous because they start hearing that and they start getting a little fishy and, and, and squirrely. No, no, no. Listen, take a deep breath. For all have sinned. You learned this one in Sunday school if you were raised in Sunday school, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of God's commandments. Is that what it says? For all have sinned and fallen short of perfect church attendance. Is that what it says? For all have sinned and fallen short of reading the Bible cover to cover. Is that what it says? For all have sinned and fallen short of the um, certain denominational standard. Or, or No, no, that's not what it says. Fallen short of the glory. Fallen short of the glory. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus has, is the captain of our salvation and He has led many sons. He has led many sons to greater obedience in life. Is that what it says? No, it says He's led many sons to glory. To glory, to glory, to glory. Now, <clears throat> let, me, let me step back from that because that's, that's strong medicine, or, or we could say it another way. That's, that's strong meat. And, um, and, and when folks are used to just, just sipping milk, um, and, and all of a sudden you, you start putting a big old bite of, of a steak in their mouth, um, sometimes not really sure what to do with it. They, they, they have a hard time swallowing it, right? They have a hard time ingesting and digesting it. So let's build on this, though. Let's go back for just a few minutes to verses 14 and 15. I'll put them up on the screen. The Apostle Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to what he says here. These are some clues for us. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now, when you were born again, you received an eternal redemption. You received an eternal salvation. You were born again by an eternal spirit and you have been saved to the uttermost according to an eternal covenant. All right? Now, the reason I'm emphasizing all of those verses, and if you heard how I inflected my voice trying to emphasize the word eternal. So when he says the whole family in heaven and earth has been named by him, we are a born-again spirit right here, right now, today. The Bible says, and Jesus said this, right? He said, if you believe on him, you will never die. He's not talking about your outward man. He's talking about your born-again spirit. When someone is born again, they receive at the moment of their new birth the seed of God's life, which is eternal and abundant on the inside of them. So if you are a born-again person, you have already received eternal life. That eternal life is yours. Remember what Jesus said, Father, they're in this world, but they're not of it. And so I pray that you will keep them while they're in this world, right? Because there's a purpose for us to be here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when we talk about the family that's here and the family that's in heaven, 
Heaven is our home. Heaven is where we belong. Heaven is where our citizenship lies. And so I have family. I have, uh, when I say family, blood relatives that have already crossed over. And we have now, after more than 20 years here at Heritage, we've had a lot of our, not a lot, but we've had quite a few, we, we could say, I guess, of our family of faith that has crossed over. Amen. But we're the same family. They're there, we're here, but it's the same family because we've been born of the same seed, born of the same spirit. Are you with me tonight? So this expression, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. I want to break this word family down here. And the word family used in Scripture is the Greek word, uh, and again, when I say transliteration, I'm not trying to impress you with big words like mayonnaise. The Greek alphabet is not letter for letter like the English alphabet. So when we say a transliteration, it's when a word comes out of Greek and it's, and it's translated over into the English equivalent. So the English equivalent for this word is the word patria, P-A-T-R-I-A. Now, we get our English word, what, patriarch, patriarch, okay, from this uh, root word. Now, this word patria, it means lineage, family, descendants. But if you break this word down even further, the root of patria is the word pater, P-A-T-E-R. Now, from P-A-T-E-R, again, we get English words like paternal or paternity, amen, and so, again, the, 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 the concept here, the truth here that, that he's uh, wanting us to understand is that God is indeed our Father. He's not just a figurehead. You know, Colonel Sanders was a figurehead. He, he became like a symbol for Kentucky Fried Chicken. God is not just the figurehead of the, of the Christian movement. He's not just the figurehead of, 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 of those who try to do right. He is in every way our Father. Now, this word, um, and, and here is, if you, you know, you, you keep digging and digging and digging. This word, and it's, I'm going to put it up on the screen. It, it literally means progenitor. Progenitor. He's saying that God is the progenitor of you and me, and we have been named by Him. Now, if you look at the um, second three letters of this word, I should have broke it down for you this way. Pro, then we have G-E-N. G-E-N, okay? So if you would please then think of genes, genetics, or even DNA. So when God identifies himself in this scripture as our progenitor, what he's literally saying is that we originated from him, that from Him we have descended or were begotten, that we are literally uh, made uh, of Him. Now, let me, praise God. Let me, uh, I'm feeling a little rushed here, so that's all right. Let me, let me settle down here for a moment, all right? So, for God to identify Himself as our progenitor. Now, remember, 
God is a spirit. I'm not trying to get um, spooky on you. I'm not trying to get confusing on you tonight. But when we say that, that God is a spirit, what, we're not saying that He did not create your physical body. He did. But the real you is not the physical body that I'm looking at sitting in these chairs tonight. The real you is the spirit that's inside of you right now. Amen. And so we know that when God created Adam, He formed him from the dust of the earth, but then He spoke to him, He breathed into uh, His nostrils the breath of life. God poured the same life source that was in Himself into Adam, and this is when Adam became a living being. So our life comes from God as a source. But of course we know that Adam disconnected us from God, and caused the life that was in us to be death and the light that was in us to become darkness. But Jesus came and said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it in overflowing abundance. Now when Jesus said, I've come that you may have life, He was not using the word for life, bios, or biological life. He used the Greek word zoe, which literally means the life and nature of God. He's saying, I have come to reconnect you to my Father. I have come to give you the opportunity to be born a second time. Amen. And, and so now we see that the born-again Spirit that is in us, it is of the same substance. It is of the same spiritual genetic material. It is of the same spiritual DNA as, the, as God's DNA. We, we, we have His life in us. Your born-again spirit and His spirit, the Holy Spirit, became one when you were born again. Now let me show you this verse in John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. The verse above this says that He came to His own people and His, and his own people rejected Him. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So he's saying, who were born of God. Who were born not of blood, but of God. Who were born not of the will of flesh, but of God. Who were born not of the will of man, but were born of God. We've been born of God. Now, let me put a bow on this right quick. For those of you who are not here this morning, we were talking about just the, the, the simplistic beginnings of faith. And Hebrews eleven six says it this way, without faith it's impossible to please God. And the one that comes to God must believe, your, your faith begins here. It begins, first of all, it must begin here with believing that God is and believing that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Now obviously, we know more about God than that, and our faith has carried us into deeper understanding of Him than that. But, but that, is, that is the foundational beginning entry level of faith. Now, when we say that God created us, there are a lot of people who believe that. You can believe God created you and not be born again. That's not saving faith. But as we understand that God created us, we see that the Bible has more to say about that. In other words, after we believe that He created us, the next step for our faith is, why did He create us? To what intent and for what purpose? 
And we said this morning, and I won't go back through all, all these explaining them, I'm just going to say it this way. He didn't create you to be a toy. He didn't create you to be an experiment. He didn't create you to be a pet. He didn't create you to be a fan. He created you to be a son, to be a daughter. He created you to be His offspring. He created you comparable to Him and compatible with Him because His desire is to make you one with Him. Now, we were born of His Spirit, born of His seed. If you've been born again, you've been born from above, born of His Spirit, born of His seed. And we know the seed that we were born from is none other than Jesus Himself. Jesus is the seed from which you and I were born again. Say amen to that. Even if you don't understand it, say amen to that. Amen. Now, why, why is that? So, so, so God the Father has no grandchildren. Because we're all born of the same seed, Jesus. We're all reproduced after the same seed, Jesus. Remember, Father's destiny for all of humanity is that we be conformed into the image of His Son, that we all be like Jesus to Him. Man. Man. All right, so let's, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, we were created by Him. Amen. We were created by God. We were created, the Bible tells us, we were not just created by God, but we were created for God. I probably, I, I'm going to be conservative here. We did 252 jobs my last full year in the cabinet business, but I'm going to say it this way. I, I did at least 500 houses of cabinets before I put one in my own home. It wasn't until I sold my cabinet business that I actually redid the kitchen that Pam and I were living in. That's that statement, the cobbler's kids have no shoes. I mean, it's because when you do cabinets that many hours a day, the last thing you want to do is go home and do cabinets on your own house, right? So there came a day then when I didn't just, it wasn't just cabinets by me, it was cabinets for me. See the difference there? Okay. So you were created by God and you were created for Him. Your life's not your own to do with as you please. You were created by God, you were created for God. But if we understand what Genesis 1 says, you were created after him. And by after him, Genesis 1 and, and, and 26 says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Okay? So when we say after, I mean like God used himself as the pattern. So God has a right hand and a left hand with four fingers and a thumb on, on each. He had that first. And so when he created you, to be created in his image means that you were created after Him. You were, you were created with Him as the pattern. So do you understand after? I don't mean just obviously after He was here and then us. God's the uncreated one, so He was never created. But I don't just mean like you came in succession after, in order after Him. You were created after Him in that He used Himself as the template when He created us. God has fingernails. Amen. God has two eyes, one nose with, with two nostrils, mouth, two ears, has a backside. God, Moses saw his backside. Okay? So you were created by God, you were created for God, you were created after Him. 
But to be created in the image of God doesn't just mean to be created after Him. It also means to be created from Him. To be created from God, and I like to use this expression, we were cut from the same cloth. Now, again, if I'm making you nervous, I, I, I know, again, this isn't milk, this is meat, but if we don't ever start eating meat, we'll never develop an appetite for it, and, and we've got enough milkitarians in, in the body of Christ, okay? We, it's, it's, time to, it's time to get some carnivores when it comes to the things of God. Amen. Amen. It's, it's time to get a knife and a fork and cut some, and it, it's harder work. It's harder work. It requires more effort to eat the meat. Oh, but my goodness, you get some protein in you, it'll carry you, it'll hold you, it'll make you strong, it'll build some spiritual muscle in you. So, we were created by Him, we were created for Him, we were, creating a, we were created according to His pattern after Him. And then that, that last one, we were created from Him. From Him. For what reason? Well, it's kind of back to where we were last Sunday night, right? To be made one with Him, to become one with Him. He could have created us less than that. You do realize that God has all kinds of created beings. Cherubim, seraphims, whatever that thing is, it's a wheel within a wheel, all this other stuff, right? These are, these are living beings, living creatures. If you read about Lucifer before he fell, and, and he, his body was an instrument I mean, it, it, it's, it's fascinating, the creatures. But listen, see, that's why, that's why those demons got so upset. I say demons, they were angels then, but fallen angels. That's why they got so upset because all of a sudden, God's got this idea to create something new, a new being. And this being was going to be created in His image, after Him, from Him, and in His likeness. Like Him, analogous to Him, compatible with Him. And this new being called man was going to be given authority over all the other things that God created with His two hands. And devils didn't like them. Angels didn't like that. Some of them didn't like that. Lucifer didn't like that. And that was his undoing. That was what led to his fall. So again, let me get back to it. God didn't have to create you the way that He did. And we didn't choose it. I'm not here to tell you what I stomped my foot one day and told God He better do. I'm just here to tell you what He did. And, and then to ask you this question, so what does that mean about what He desires and expects? If He could have created you lesser than, because there are other beings that are marvelous, that, that we will, uh, again, be, be amazed by when we see one day. I'm talking about angels just in general. He, they're less than you. That's what the Bible says. They're servants to you. But He didn't create you like them. He created you like Himself. He didn't speak to the oceans and create you. He spoke to the oceans and created the fish. He spoke to the earth and created the plants and animals. But when He created you, He spoke to Himself. It's because He created you after Himself and He created you from Himself. Created you for Himself, and we were created by Him. Amen? Amen. Singers, musicians, would you come? Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to celebrate with our sister tonight. Father, I've baptized a lot of folks.
in this, in this baptistry over the years and in swimming pool before we had the baptistry. I don't know if I've ever baptized anybody more excited than Melanie McLean to be baptized, Father. And so we rejoice with her. Thank you for what you're doing in her life, Father, and in her beautiful family. Thank you that you're opening up doors for her, Lord, and, and in the situations, Father, that she and Greg are standing in faith, believing for, Lord. And, um, we just thank you, Father, tonight that, that the testimony that we've heard is inspiring us and encouraging us, and, and the word that we're hearing is inspiring us and encouraging us, and now the testimony of this baptism, Father, again, inspire and encourage in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so they're going to lead you in worship. And uh, Sister Melanie's going to go that way and get herself ready. I'm going to go this way, and then we'll both be up there here in just a few minutes, and, um, and we'll do the baptizing. Amen? Are you blessed tonight? All right, praise God.